0: The six thirty Chad afternoon news with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross weekdays at two on six thirty Chad.
1: It is uh, three thirty eight on uh, Tuesday. It's time for another edition of
0: the, the Hoots. Hoot. Todd Hirsch, chief economist at ATB Financial, joins us direct from Mexico City. Todd, did I not advise against Mexico City?
2: <laughs> well, actually, you might have. Actually, I'm back in Calgary. I was in Mexico City yesterday. But well, I'm that's bad. what I said. Direct. But, well, yeah. well, I meant you know. Oh yes. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah directly back. Well, the way you say.
2: made it sound like, uh, like I'm in Mexico City right now, and here I am talking to you directly. <laughs> from you. No, <laughs> I was what, just just what trying I, to make it, it sound more. Important. What
1: I think is funny oh. is though, like he says, oh, didn't I advise you against it? Like Todd Hirsch is taking travel. I don't know advice. why he wouldn't. <laughs> Quite frankly, I don't, I don't know don't why he it.
2: wouldn't. I don't know. Did this ever come up that it was going to Mexico? City? Yeah, we yeah, talked about it a couple of months back. You were just sort of planning
0: the trip, and off air I said, yeah, I don't know. I'd be a little worried about the crime in Mexico City.
2: Oh, well, we didn't actually see any crime. Mm. Um, My my quick assessment of Mexico City, crime isn't your problem. Traffic is your problem. And I guess guess if unbelievable and harrowing traffic is a crime, and maybe it should be, um, yeah, guiltiest charge. It is the craziest city I've ever been in. For traffic and just how long it takes you to get anywhere, really? and how many death-defying near misses you have with buses <laughs> yeah. and motorcycles—it's crazy. But we had a great time.
1: Awesome. Um, would you would you go back, Todd?
2: Well, I would go back. I would recommend it. I always like to try somewhere new, so yeah. that's probably why I wouldn't go back. It's not because we didn't have a great time. It's just, well, now let's go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But. Yeah. Uh, Especially because and I don't know if Edmonton has one, but Calgary has a WestJet as a nonstop from Calgary to Mexico City. Okay so that really changes the equation when you can get there in one fling you know sure, yeah. five hours you're there and it's it, you can do it in a long weekend so
1: very good huh. okay yeah Mexico City on the list one but glad it's yet. very
2: it's very the best thing about it is if you're a food lover if oh, you're yeah. a foodie the food is amazing <laughs> you've got to research your restaurants but it's amazing and it's really inexpensive hey yeah that's, dumb question for you Todd but amazing. is there
0: a beach to lie on in Mexico
2: City no beaches no, no beaches <laughs> that's what you're nowhere close to a beach right. so um, if you want a beach I mean that's what most of us think of when we think of Mexico and that you know it's Cancun or, or Cabo or, or Puerto Vallarta. Mexico City is very much that big urban, you know, it's culture, it's museum, it's its restaurants, it's shopping.
0: Okay. Wow. Well, different kind of vacation.
1: So that's a yeah. uh, yeah, different kind of vacation. That just uh, struck just uh, Mexico yeah, yeah, City yeah, off yeah. Andrew's like, list right we there. Can, yeah. we, can, <laughs>
0: we can now uh, confirm for our listeners that is not where the listener trip is this year.
2: But, but the pyramids, you probably enjoy the pyramids. So yesterday we took an hour tour. Um, you, you get a driver or you can probably, you know, arrange a tour. It's only an hour outside of Mexico City. And there's these ancient pyramids from like 2,000 years ago this ancient civilization and you can uh, go walk on the pyramids and then climb them and explore it. And it's really cool.
0: I'm sure it is. Uh, I'm more of a bar, beach, swim up bar. <laughs> well,
2: then Mexico City is yeah. not. It's not
1: it, no. Oh, well, Todd, we're glad you had a great time. You're We're glad you're home yeah. safe and sound. Let's talk about um, uh, ATB's most recent economic outlook for the province. And yeah. so, you know, what are some of the highlights here?
2: Well, the highlight really is we are starting to see evidence that people are moving back to Alberta. Now I don't want to overstate this too much because we'll only have two quarters of data for this, Q three and Q four of 17. But interprovincially we were, you know, we had eight quarters where we had lost people to other mm-hmm. provinces. The last two quarters there's evidence now it's it's returned to balance and even slightly positive for Alberta. And we actually think that will continue into 2018. So that's a positive piece of the uh, the story right there.
0: Well, that would certainly I, I would sh- I'm sure relate to oil prices and where they are as opposed to where they were. But there's a dark cloud looming over that industry called the Kinder Morgan.
2: That's right, and it's really unfortunate because where oil prices are at today, you know, that U.S. benchmark price above $72, and even the Western Canadian price has as the differential hasn't closed but it's narrowed um normally at this point in the price cycle we would be seeing investment coming back to alberta we're not seeing it in 2018 and the dark cloud on that horizon is as you said andrew it's the the question hanging over pipeline uh, transportation and is this going to happen or not so there's a lot of apprehension in the industry right now it's a wait and see um not, it's not a great situation, to be honest.
0: Okay, so aside from the oil industry, what about some other industries, uh, construction, residential, non-residential?
2: Well, the construction industry is, well, we'll get to the good news sectors in a minute. The construction <laughs> industry is probably one of the weakest ones. The energy sector we see is flat. The construction industry actually declines this year, simply because both Calgary and Edmonton the, uh, the commercial construction, you know, these towers that have gone up in both cities. Um, once that space comes online, the vacancy rate goes up, and it's going to be a while before we see any big projects come online again. So in, it, provincially, we're seeing the construction sector as one uh, declining in, in 2018.
1: Hmm.
2: What about- but there's lots of good news, too. Well, What's g- maybe we should get to that. Should we, should we get to the good news yes, before sure people turn the radio off and just stop listening? <laughs> uh, because there are sectors that, are, that continue to do really, really well. The agriculture and agri-food sector, which I've talked about many, many times on the hoot, uh, it continues to sort of be a star performer. The traditional agriculture, the beef, the wheat, the canola, I mean, prices are always kind of up and down, and Mother Nature needs to cooperate for sure. Uh, That's not really where the the growth necessarily is going to be. The growth is going to be on the the non-traditional ag, um, the specialty crops, in some cases the organic crops, uh, some of the specialty beans and pulses and vegetables, also the cannabis uh, coming on later this year. And a lot of the the smaller food and beverage processors, all the craft breweries that we've talked a lot about, um, those have really been... um, expanding and diversifying Alberta's economy not on a big big scale but you know the say the five or ten thousand new food processors that you've got going uh, they are very quietly but steadily helping diversify and stabilize Alberta's economy so that's a real good news story. What about jobs? About which jobs? Jobs. Um, the job market in Alberta, it is statistically, we are seeing jobs coming back over the last 12 years, disproportionately in the private sector, because they just know what listeners are thinking. Oh, it's just the government creating jobs. That would have been true in 15 and 16. But the last 12 months, it has been the private sector creating jobs. They've been full time jobs. But they haven't been in those traditional sectors that pay a lot. Yeah. So they haven't been coming back to the energy industry, not, not to the same degree that they shed jobs in, during the recession. So that's the so same
1: story is, that we've been hearing for quite some time now.
2: Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I've talked about this before. It's the, the evolution or the changing composition of the labor market. Yeah. And in some ways, that's, it's healthy because it is showing more balance.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Andrew
2: yeah. doesn't seem uh, very. Convinced. Well,
0: the, the, herein lies the problem: is that when we talk about the problems with uh, Kinder Morgan and the lack of uh, confidence in investment, where the problem is not on the surface, that, you know, you look at it and you go, "Oh well," you know, at seventy some dollars a barrel, look at the revenue we're losing. But it's not really about revenue that we're losing; it's about investment that's not coming to the province that. You know, there's a huge lead time to that investment translating into all the areas that you've talked about employment, construction. I mean, all these things are really, you know, just held up by this Kinder Morgan. It has to get settled.
2: Well, it does have to get settled, and I, I certainly have been a, a vocal proponent of, of settling it, and, and we need that pipeline going. But I think there's also to be sort of rational about it. There's also um, a part of us that needs to say, okay, what happens if? Yeah. What happens if Kinder Morgan pulls the plug on this and it just never happens? Well, we can stomp our feet and say we're very angry and, you know, watch that foreign investment flee away. Um, but we're still going to have to react in some way. Now, I hope we don't get to that. And I don't want listeners to think this is what I'm, I'm hoping, um, because it would be not just for Alberta. This is a Canada problem. We are sending a message to investors globally that we are a bit of a joke right now. Mm. Um, and, that, and that it's a terrible spot to be in. But I think it also behooves Albertans to answer that question, what happens if? You're, are right.
0: you you're You're absolutely, yeah, I can't argue with that at all. I just,
1: uh, I just keep thinking about John Horgan, right? I think, what are
0: you? Like, come on. I, I'll tell you where the problem actually, uh, here, herein what? lies the problem. In three years or two years, when oil goes up over $100 a mm. barrel, if that were to happen, and we're restricted in what the flow is yeah. because we didn't get Kinder Morgan built, that's where the, the opportunity cost will will come to, to fruition. And we'll say this is how much more revenue we could have brought into the province and the country had that pipeline been built? Well,
1: and Todd, at, there, at, no. sorry, and there was a report I was reading over the past couple of days about saying the possibility of a hundred dollar barrel. Oh, sure, of oil again, yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's not in my forecast, but anything could happen. And it's yep. you know, oil uh, a year from now could be at twenty. It could be at a hundred. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, and you can weave together a very sensible story that would say you know oil is going to go to a hundred. You can also weave one together saying it's going back to forty. Sure. Yeah. But it, it is definitely within the the scope of possibility. But I think this whole pipeline issue it's bigger than just Alberta's energy sector because. This is Canada's future prosperity. That's right. Investors in other sectors, never mind oil and gas, but other sectors, resource sectors, tech sectors, they're looking at Canada and they're questioning if tiny little provinces of four or five million people and even tinier municipalities like Burnaby mm-hmm. can hold up things and destroy things, why on earth would I even want to take the risk?
0: You're absolutely that- right, Todd. Now you got me all fired up. Think about <laughs> Amazon, uh, like a company like Amazon that looked at Alberta as a potential investment site. There, there was many reasons why they didn't choose Alberta, yeah. uh, but it is that kind of lack of confidence that would cause a company the size of Amazon for the very reasons you just said, Todd, that, okay, you know what, they're not investment friendly like you only need to get that reputation and you'll take a decade to erase that to eradicate that reputation
2: absolutely and bc i mean they might not want bitumen but they are a resource dependent province as well with forestry base metals natural gas and if they're telling global investors that this is not a good country in which to invest this is not going to be be perceived as just a a, a bitumen pipeline issue. Mm-hmm. This is a Canada as an investment yep. destination issue. Absolutely. It is very serious. Lots of finger pointing you can uh, you can do, but um, I, I think we're uh, one of the journalists. I forget what article it was, but described this is you know where the the lasting stock of the world. It's a terrible spot to be
0: in. Mm -hmm. Well, like I tweeted over the weekend, when the NHL season is over, they should get the uh, management of the Vegas (laughs) Golden Knights to to get on top of Kinder Morgan, because look what they built in
2: a year. Yeah, no kidding. That's a Disney-like movie, isn't it? Yeah, it sure, sure is. Cast hockey players. I know. That yeah, no one exactly. wanted to protect. They go on to win the Stanley Cup. We if don't want you. Go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, Todd, always a pleasure. Uh, welcome home. Uh, will it be
2: you Thank next you very week much. or uh, Rob? Yeah, it'll be me. I'm just oh, taking Rob's spot actually today. But yeah, you'll have me uh, back next Monday. That Perfect. Good, I look Todd. forward to it. Thanks, Thanks, Todd. Okay, guys, have a good day. You too.
0: Uh, we were talking earlier about airlines, and we talked about the guy on the frontier. We talked about WestJet and their looming strike. This is another one. This story is a story that comes up about once a month um, domestically, and and it's just an interesting it's it's interesting to know. So uh, there's a lady who got stranded in Charlottetown. She flew from Calgary to Charlottetown. And and I happened to be on a flight the other day. I was going to Ottawa. And they made the announcement, as they do before boarding, that you must present... Photo ID. Photo ID. Government-issued photo ID. Or two pieces of government-issued non-photo ID. And I, I don't know why, it sort of at the time, I thought oh, who doesn't have photo ID anymore, right? But I thought, yeah, no, if that's the rule, that's the rule. Well, apparently this woman um, used two pieces of non-photo ID to get herself to Charlottetown. Mm-hmm. But on uh, upon attempting to return to Calgary, Air Canada denied her um, the ticket, saying that, no, 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 you need... You you need a photo ID.
1: So they allowed her to Charlottetown with yeah. no photo idea ID. Right. Air Canada, but Air Canada wouldn't let her return. So what? They're you making is, up the
0: rules yeah. as they go along, so got, or not knowing them. Right. As often is the case, um, yeah. an employee is acting what they believe to be good faith, uh, but they're incorrect. Yeah. Right. And and it's funny because. She phoned around, she phoned WestJet and she phoned around Air Canada trying to get this resolved. And part of the issue related to one of the pieces of government ID not being acceptable and the other being acceptable. That's what Air Canada was suggesting. So WestJet said to her, go get a fishing license. That's a government issued piece mm-hmm. of ID. But here's the thing you don't need ID for a fishing license because nobody gets a fishing li- license for any other reason than to fish. So she did. So she now has three pieces of non-photo <laughs> ID, but one of them required no ID whatsoever. And I have in Alberta, we have a hunting, fishing combined license. Yeah, I have one. And I have one, and I didn't present ID for that. So, but it no, is I government just issued. Filled it all out and at the paid. at the Shaw's Point at Slave Lake. Yeah, a couple years back. I think I did mine at Cabela's, yeah. and then I got it in the mail later on. So, it's just yeah. Again, you you wonder, don't you? Because the law is, I looked it up. Uh, The law is two pieces of (laughs) government-issued ID, non-photo, or one piece of government-issued ID with photo. So I looked it up. You just wonder, don't you? And I've been to the Charlottetown Airport because I lived there. So I know it's a really tiny little airport, and there's one little you know what those little airports look yeah, like. Mm. There's one lady working at a yeah. counter, and she's next to the WestJet who's next to the whatever. And I'm from right? Marie. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly like that airport. But you would think that mm. one would turn to the other and say, So is
1: this. But, but here's the thing with something. So important as ID, when you're getting on a plane. Well, true. You would think that every employee would know this rule. Yes. Because that is... The end-all, be-all, besides having the ticket, to get on the darn plane.
0: Here's the thing, and I don't want to tie this to a specific airline because it doesn't really matter. Um, But it is funny how you sometimes come across these conflicting rules. So I was flying from Edmonton to Fort McMurray, and I was flying in the morning to do a show that night. The plane was delayed, and it was delayed again, and it was delayed again. And they were announcing that it was delayed, but they were not giving a time that it would take off. And there came a point at which I could still drive to Fort McMurray and make Mm -hmm. the show. So I went to the gate and just said, look, I just need an actual reasonable estimate of when this plane will take off. Because if it's not going to take off, I'm happy to drive, right? Cars in the parking lot. I can be in Fort McMurray. It's not optimist or optimal, but I'll do it, right? Um, And they, well you know, we don't know, we don't know, we don't know. Like, that's your decision, right? And I said, okay, fine. Then I've made the decision. I'd like to drive, so I need to get my luggage back. It's already on the plane. Yeah, it's already on the plane. And and so I'm like, well, is, is the plane physically in Edmonton? So you're saying the plane is here, so what is the delay then? And they're like, well, you know, we don't have that information. I'm like, okay, so the plane is not taking off because it's not here, but I can't get my luggage back because the plane is here and the luggage is on the plane. And she's like, well, one of those things is true. Like, it was just this idiotic conversation I'm having. And I said, okay, so I just want to get the luggage off the plane so I can drive. And she goes, we're not able to do that. I go, why but, are I,
1: but having said that, if you decided to drive and you say, okay, well, I'll get my luggage and other thing, they would have to arrange to get the luggage off because you have to Right. Because if, if I if asked, you see I that. go, don't I have to travel yes. with my
0: luggage? And they were like, yes. And I go, well, I'm telling you right now I'm that not. I'm not traveling, so right? To to be- I swear I'm not making this up. At one point, because we were going in circles, her and I, going in circles and circles. And you know how when people are bored and they've been waiting for hours for uh-huh. a plane to take off, uh, uh, this is entertainment. So I've now got a crowd, right? And I'm being polite, but firm. But I'm I'm pointing out the stupidity of her conversation and argument. And she's called a supervisor up now, which you know is never good, because they're not there to help me. They're there to boot (laughs) me. So I explained to the supervisor, and the supervisor goes, well, sir, we're not able to take the luggage off the plane, because the plane could be cleared for takeoff at any moment. And I said, right, but I'm telling you I'm not taking the flight. We go around a couple of more times. And then she goes, if you do not lower your voice... We will remove your luggage from the flight, <laughs> and you will not be going on this flight today. Did you start screaming? I'm like, I, I don't even know how to answer that now. And so I said, just consider me to have screamed then. <laughs> Getting really mad now. The 630 CHED Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 CHED.